Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Boys and girls, put your hands together for Team Hunter. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. What's going on here? Hold up. Uh, That's... That was inappropriate and accurate. Yeah, Merry Christmas to That's, you too, Pastor Lee. Yeah, what was that? Uh, what was that for, Mitch? Uh, I that? actually have no idea. You have no? Okay. Yeah. What did I, what did I do to get yeah. that? Yeah. Uh huh. We'll, right we'll have to talk later, me and Pastor yeah, Lee. We'll talk. All right. All right. Who's ready for the word today? Yeah. Amen. So, well, first I want to start with a Merry Christmas to everyone. How's that, how was everyone's Christmas? Not bad. Doing pretty good. I know Christmas time can be, you know, a really time of rejoicing for some if you're spending it with your family and your friends, but for those maybe that, you know, you didn't get that opportunity or maybe you lost a loved one, it can be a very difficult and challenging time. So um, I pray, you know, as we open up today, I just want to send a prayer out to those um, who, you know, maybe didn't feel that love, that hope you know, this Christmas. Maybe it's something that weighs heavy on your heart and you came in here today looking for something. And I know this message today is really powerful as Rachel and I went um, through it and prayed for it. Um, There's a lot of foundational truth in here from the word of God that I think is gonna open people's eyes and change the course of history, the way that you live your life. But let's just open with some prayer. God, I just thank you today for the words that are about to be said, God, the word that you placed on our hearts. I thank you, Jesus, that this word, Father God, is not something that's just going to be said and fall on aimless ground, Father God, but I thank you it's seed that's planted right now. I thank you that the word is going to take root, God. May it not be mine and Rachel's words, but your words, King Jesus. Holy Spirit, may you speak through us in the power of the word, the living word, May it come alive in our spirits today. May we feel your presence here today, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Jesus, that you are good. You are faithful. You are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And I thank you that in you is hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. So today we get to talk about overflowing hope. Who's overflowing with hope today? Oh, I might have to get up once in a while because Rachel might be sitting down, you know. She's overflowing hope. She's expecting one, right? She's got some excitement coming. Me, I just like to run around. You're eight months pregnant, you get to sit. (laughs) So I said, if you wanted me up here, I got to sit. Yeah, she's like, I'm (laughs) taking a break. I might run around for her though, Um, but it's gonna be good. Um, But I wanna start off with two. You know, when we look around the world today, you don't see too much hope right? When you look around, the things that you watch on TV, right, you don't see too much hope. You know, it can be very disheartening looking around, seeing the things of the world, and just looking for some sort of life, something that you can cling to. You know, hope seems to be a term to use so loosely around the holidays, right? It seems something that we just quickly spread out and throw out there. Uh, It makes you feel good and gives you something to look forward to. It stirs up a false sense of security, right, in eagerness. For example, how many times have we said, I hope you have a Merry Christmas? Hope Santa treats you good, 
right? Whatever that feels like, it stirs up this feeling and it seems like always around Christmas time, especially we're willing to throw hope out there, but what do we know what hope means, right? Come on church, do we know what hope really means when we say that hope you have a Merry Christmas? Do we really care? Are we really willing to invest that extra five minutes to pray for them, to serve someone a coffee? to love on the people around us. And you, you know, that's really what we're talking about today because this kind of hope is fleeting, the one where it's just like, hope Santa treats you good. It's fleeting, it doesn't last. So we're gonna start with where does hope come from? Well, I'll tell you, it doesn't come from, where it doesn't come from, it doesn't come from ourselves. Hope and optimism are often words that are used together, but there's a difference between the two, right? Optimism is the belief that things will get better. It's the hope that something will turn out all right. It's more of a wishful thinking, but we know that's not real hope. Come on. Hope in the New Testament comes from the Greek word elpis. It means expectation, trust, and confidence. It's an expectation of what's already a guarantee through God. So biblical hope, therefore, is a confident, earnest, intense expectation and eager anticipation or belief that something good is going to happen or take place in my life. Mm. Like all those adjectives in there? That's good. I don't know, but that's a definition (laughs) that I like. It's one that I want to live by. So where did hope come from? It originated with God. It came from Him as a gift, and it's been given to us, and it comes out of having a personal relationship with Him, a relationship that goes way beyond a Sunday. You can't just come on a Sunday and just be all filled with hope and live off the pastor and then you have six other days to live before you come back. So we need to have that intimate and personal relationship with him and make sure that's a priority. Mm. We can have confidence for our future based on his care, protection and help in the past. Hasn't our God been so faithful? He's been faithful to the ones that have gone before us and he's gonna be faithful to us today. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today and forever. He never changes. The God of the Old and the New Testament is the same God that lives today. Amen. I love this. It says, hope is faith in future tense. It's a declaration that God will always come through, just like he did for so many people in the Bible, like Abraham and David. God is faithful, and he'll come through today, just like he did before. Amen. That's good. Um, What does it mean, though, when we look at overflowing hope? We're talking about overflowing hope today, um, not just hope. So what does it mean to overflow, and how do you get to this state? Um, When we look at the definition of overflowing, it means flooding or flowing over an area to have an abundance of. You see, I like to think of it like this. Hope is not a river. It's not something, you know, or just a lake, a body of water that just contains, right? And goes, I, I think a lake's a better example. It's just contained, right? It's just in one spot. Hope is like a waterfall. It's something that's continually pouring out, continually pouring out, right? It's not something that's meant to be contained. And so many times I feel like we operate like a lake. We keep it for ourselves. We're like, I got this hope, but I don't want to spread it, right? I got something inside. I know where I'm going. I know my security, but we don't want to spread that overflowing hope. It's a waterfall, something that's supposed to just ooze out of who we are, right? It's supposed to flow out of our character and our nature that our Heavenly Father blessed us with, our identity in Christ. And so many times we contain it. So many times we put boundaries and limits around it. But why? Right? And I don't know about you, but that's a state that I want to live in, something that's constantly overflowing. And you can only overflow out of your relationship with Jesus. You can't give what you don't possess. Amen, church? You can't give what you don't possess. So as a Christ follower, right, we want to live in that constant state of overflowing hope. See, the word overflow, too, is used in the word over 70 times. 
Jesus talks about it many times. And Romans 15, 13, I love this verse, says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Not as you trust in your circumstance, not as you trust in your job, as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not by the power of your wife or your husband or your children. Amen? By the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's where we're getting fired up today because it's going to be a good message. Romans 15, 13 in the Passion Translation says, Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. You want to radiate with hope? I know I want to radiate with hope. I want to glow, right? When you walk into a room, it should change. It shouldn't be the same. You know, and this reminds me um, just of a story that we really want to bring into focus today, and it's one I'm sure you guys have heard a ton, Um, but Paul and Silas in Acts 16, verse 25 to 26, um, when we look at this definition of overflowing, where they're in prison, right, and they begin to praise God, right, I just... I just like, like to just imagine how that like went down. You know, you're like in shackles or just, they're locked up, they're chained up, nothing's looking too good. You know, just maybe Paul leans over to Silas and just says, yo, it's a great time to praise. I don't know about you, but I got time. You free? I'm free, right? And they just start praising and worshiping and singing hymns. And so I look at this moment and I'm like, is that what I would do? Is that what I do when I'm locked up, when I feel shackled and trapped? Do I start praising? Do I start worshiping God? Or do I wanna stay stuck in myself? Do I wanna run away? You see, we, we grow more in hope as we persevere in our relationship with Jesus, spending time in his word. The more time we spend with him, the more time, uh, the more we can't help but gain more hope. Hope should permeate every area of our lives, fill every single space. And so, you know, that leads to the question too, does overflowing, you know, hope mean you won't face challenging times? I think as Christians, sometimes we think, you know, we're, we're just invincible, right? God's on my side, I'm fine, I got this. And we don't, we're like, we're not facing challenging times, but as, you know, the scripture it is read today in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, verse 8 to 18, we see that Paul's talking about we're not gonna escape, right? We're not getting out of these challenging times, Paul is speaking from personal experience of living in constant danger from an external perspective, but internally having peace, internally having security, knowing where his hope lies. See, in Paul and Silas in Acts 16, you know, when I think about that, they didn't ask to be put in prison. You know, they were going around doing good. You know, they were spreading the word of God. You know, they healed a lady, you know, who had a demonic spirit. And fortune telling, and what did they get for that? Prison. Is it something where they woke up one day and was like, it would be great to go to prison today. I just, I just wonder what it's like. I wonder if I can spend some time in there. No one thought that. That's not a thought that crossed their mind. They were going around doing good, spreading hope, spreading life, and what happened because of that? They were in shackles from the outside perspective, not inside, amen. 
not inside. They knew where their hope was found. They knew the truth. But when we look at this story, it's, it's pretty crazy to me to think that they praised and they worshiped knowing that they were going around doing Jesus. This is what you asked us to do. This is what you said. This is what you called us to do. And here we are. And Jesus stated in John 16, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Man, in this world, you will have trouble. Second Thessalonians 3, 16 says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times. And in every situation, the Lord be with you all. You know, this peace that comes, it's not in the absence of conflict. You know, maybe some of you guys at Christmas time, you're like, man, I can't have peace because you don't know my family. You don't know my friends. You don't know this. And peace is something that Jesus gives you that, you know, no one can take away around you. It's you can walk through the storm and you can feel secure and know that God has you and that you can be that hope, that light wherever you go, no matter your circumstance. You know, we've been 20 months living in unprecedented time right? The future doesn't look like it's changing anytime soon from an outward perspective. But if we live our life in fear and listening to the news, which new variant is coming out? Things look pretty hopeless. What's next? What's coming, right? Waiting and just watching and watching the news saying, oh, another one, another one. And you know, I read a Facebook message that said, my hope is that love becomes the dominant variant. My hope is that love becomes the dominant variant. Regardless of what you think, regardless, you know, not vaccine, vaccine, mask, no mask, love becomes the dominant variant. Love overrides everything. Amen? Yeah, it does. That's a good line. My hope is that love becomes the dominant variant. Thank you, Facebook. <laughs> so what are some keys to living a life of overflowing hope? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Number one is to know your identity. If you don't know who you are in Christ, you'll never be able to walk in overflowing hope. Galatians 3.26 says, For you're all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So our identity is not defined in terms of who we are, but rather who God says that we are. Did you know that God made us so that we, he made us who we are so that we can make known who he is? Mm. We don't just have hope for ourselves, but we have hope so that we can share it with others. There's people counting on you out in the world who are hopeless and dying and they need your hope that you have. Amen. So I love that line. God made us who we are so that we could make known who he is. Mm. So don't forget that when you go out into the world that you were born to manifest his glory. You were born and designed with a purpose and a plan. So if you're here this morning and you think, man, I don't really know what my identity is. Maybe it got lost in these last 20 months of COVID. Maybe you've lost a job or a loved one or things haven't gone the way you thought that they would go. Well, I encourage you to go in your word, open up your word and find out what God says about you before you're a son, before you're a daughter, before you have degrees on the wall or you're a doctor, an engineer, anything else. You are a child of the most high. You are loved. You were formed before the creation of time. God has so much to say about you. So if you don't know who you are, I don't even know for myself. Sometimes I forget who I am. I know my husband constantly says, hey, who are you? Are? Who are you? What is your identity? And sometimes I have to stop and think, hmm, what am I good at? But it has nothing to do with what I can do or not do in my own strength with the God that I serve. Amen. Amen. So go open up your word and ask God. Pray and ask him who you are. It's good. Because he'll show you. The second key is to trust in Christ. Trusting in Christ seems like an easy concept, but do we really trust in Christ? Do we trust him with everything that we are? We can overflow in hope because we trust the God of hope. 
when we only get to a state of trust by investing time into a relationship. We wouldn't just trust any stranger we meet off the street without first getting to know them or spending time with them, right? We don't just automatically trust people. So that's the same with God. We need to spend time in his word. We need to get to know who he is because he's the original promise keeper. He has our best interest at heart and there's nobody that we can trust more than him. So we need to ask ourselves, do we really trust that Christ has our best interest at heart? Do we trust him with every area of our life? And we do we trust him and his promises for us even when things don't go the way we think they should? God is so good and so faithful, amen. So the number one is know your identity. Number two is to trust in Christ. What is number three, Mitch? Number three, intimacy with the Holy Spirit. This is, uh, you know, a really big one. Um, it's huge for all of us. Um, and we, a lot of times in the church, neglect it. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26 says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. He's gonna help us. He's, he's, the Holy Spirit's here to guide us into truth. Amen? Paul's benediction in the New Testament is that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us, he brings hope in addition to peace, joy, faith, and all the other fruit of the Spirit, amen? When the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside, you know, 1 Corinthians 2, verse uh, 9 to 16 speaks into this more, um, but I'm going to read um, verse 16, for it says, For whoever has intimately known the mind, uh, the Lord Yahweh, well enough to become count his counselor, Christ has, and we possess, we possess Christ's perceptions. So we believers possess the Holy Spirit who reveals the thoughts and purposes of Christ. Amen? The revelation of the kingdom of God that Jesus preached was not understood by the intellect of men, but by those who welcome truth. Humanly speaking, no one can understand the mysteries right, of God without the Holy Spirit. Those who have the Holy Spirit now possess the perceptions of Christ's mind and can implement his purposes on the earth. You know, I like to say it like this, is that, you know, with the Holy Spirit, we have an unfair advantage. Amen? It's something like, like we can possess the knowledge and information, we can have access to things that we shouldn't know, but because the Holy Spirit loves us and entrusts us, he reminds us, he downloads, I like to say. He sends us revelations and nuggets, right, and tidbits, so that we can go out and spread hope, spread life, you know, a story that I want to share um, is from uh, summer camp 2019 with the youth. Um, I remember one of the youth, um, he came up to me um, after a session. It was amazing. You know, the Holy Spirit was moving. And he came up to me and he said, Mitch, uh, he was really shy. So like he just came up and he was just like, Mitch, uh, I, think, uh, I think you got a word for me. And then I just uh, looked at him and on the inside I was like, bro, I don't know what you're talking about. You must have the wrong guy. There's, there's another Mitch around here somewhere. I was like, no, it's not me. On the inside, I was like, dude, I don't have anything. Like, I was drawing a blank. I was like, but I was like on the inside, you know, I appreciate this guy stepping out. I appreciate this guy coming to me. And so you said, I said to him, you know what? The Holy Spirit does have a word for you. And I took him aside and we sat down on a curve for a few minutes. And the Lord began to download as we sat down his life in front of me. He began to show me his calling, show me his purpose. And in a moment, you know, not because I, you know, did anything crazy, not because, you know, I just like try to dance around or try to be like, Lord, give me something now. You know, it was just that yes. You know, it was his heart. It was his faith that changed everything. 
And when I just said yes, the Holy Spirit was like, bam, and he downloaded everything I needed. But so many times we're not willing to step out, right? As I began to share and spread, you know, his life and the hope and everything, I began to see everything change in his heart, in his life. And, you know, it was crazy because I couldn't give him anything I didn't possess. I could have just said words, but they just would have been words that just fell and didn't mean anything, right? But I sought the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gave me insight into something in his life that he needed to hear at that exact moment. And I know the Holy Spirit has words exactly for every single person in here, that he wants you to spread that hope and that life, but that only comes through intimacy. I didn't wake up one day and, you know, the Holy Spirit just, bam, hit me. It was spending time. It was through the rough times where I was like, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I need your power to get through that the Holy Spirit just gave me everything I needed for every single moment. And building that trust and that level of intimacy led to that moment where I just said yes and he downloaded. But it was time spent. It was intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we need the Holy Spirit. We're going to give you five practical steps to walking in overflowing hope. And number one is prayer. It's something that we can often get complacent Amen. in, something that we take for granted. How, ma- how many of us actually have developed our prayer life? Do we spend time with Jesus every day in prayer, not only giving him our requests and telling him everything that's bad about our day, but also good things, thanking him for things, having an attitude of gratitude, or asking him how his day is or what's on his heart that he wants to share with us. It's not just about dumping everything on him, but we want to be able to receive from him and let him have his way and tell us what he wants to and what's on his heart. Mm. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Are we willing to pray bold prayers and act on it when the Holy Spirit gives us insight? How many of you have ever gone in your car and you've prayed for peace through, while you're driving or through your, through your day. I'm sure Pastor RJ has. <laughs> I'm sure that's his. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have. I know that. <laughs> well, you know that when you pray for peace, yeah. you're going you're gonna to be tested throughout your day, whether <laughs> someone cuts you off or something doesn't go as planned. But are we, that's just one example of things that we pray for. But are we willing to pray those bold pr- prayers and to act on it when the Holy Spirit gives us insight? Mm. It's not always easy. So make time to linger in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Prayer is so vital and so important. It's not just for you, but there's so many things to pray for. It goes beyond what you want and what you need. Do you take time to pray for your pastors and your leaders? Do you take time to pray for those who are um, overruling our nations? Do you take time to pray for our country or those around you? Or There's so many things that need your prayer. So make time for that and ask the Holy Spirit to be in everything that you say and do. Like Mitchell said, the Holy Spirit is such a vital part of our lives. We're nothing without him. Amen. And if you don't know where to start with prayer, we have prayer times here Monday to Friday from 12 to 1. Feel free to join in online on Facebook. If you want to be encouraged and uplifted, that is a great place to start. You know, and another point too, to walk in overflowing hope. I think this is so crucial that oftentimes we neglect is surrounding yourself with faith-filled believers. You know, I said surrounding yourself with faith-filled believers, you know, getting up, coming to church, even though Christmas is yesterday, right? Determining in your heart, I need to be here today. I need to get filled. I need to get charged up. Amen? Amen. Romans 10, 17, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. And, you know, as I read that, I read that multiple times, Steve, and it like jumps out that so faith comes from hearing, comma, 
You know, what are you hearing? That's the question that I have for you guys today. Who are you allowing in your inner circle to speak to you? What voice are you allowing in? You know, your life will reflect who you allow in. You know, a pastor um, from Transformation Church named Mike Todd says, show me your friends and I will show you your future. He's like, I remember he gave a message and he said, show me your top five friends. Bring them over and don't say anything to me. Just let me talk to them, ask them a couple questions for a few minutes, and I will tell you your life. I'll tell you where you're headed. Showing you the importance of the, your friends and who you hang around. I'm not talking about, you know, just shutting the world out and, you know, like avoiding everyone. But I'm saying it's really important to create healthy boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. That inner circle of faith. You know, who are the people that you go to when you need to recharge? We all experience good days and bad days and we need to surround ourselves with people who are call us up higher, right? It's so easy to find people who will drain your batteries, right? They'll drain your faith. They'll take energy away from you. But who are you investing time in? Who are you giving your ear to? And really, who are you giving your faith to? Who are you placing your faith in? Because it's so easy to surround yourself with people that will take away, that are negative, that will complain, that will gossip, but that inner circle of faith, you know, when things get tough, when life gets rough, you know, when you get a diagnosis that you had cancer and you have six months to leave, who is that inner circle? Who are those people that you want to fight for you, to battle for you? The ones that you're like, man, these are the ones that I know will stay on the word and say, I hope it gets all right. I hope you feel better. I hope, you know, this is over soon for you. No, we want the, you know, this is what the word says. We want the truth spoken. We want that inner circle who is tight, who is spending time with the Holy Spirit so they're ready to fight, to go to war. You want warriors on your side, amen? And then the next point is gratitude. This is huge. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, in a study in 2015 by psychologists Dr. Robert and Dr. Michael discovered gratitude increases people's positivity in their lives. It improves sleep quality, reduces feelings of anxiety and depression. Start a gratitude journal. This is something that I feel like we can take for granted, but begin to open up a journal. Get, get a piece of paper for yourself and begin to write down things that you're grateful for. You know, begin to say things each and every day. You know, speak life. I mean, when you get around people, remind people why you're thankful for them. You know, it's so easy to come around people and, you know, to talk bad about others and to complain and be negative. And oftentimes, too, maybe we think that, you know, other people know how I think about them. Right? We may think that in our head, yeah, they already know how I perceive them. They know that, you know, we're good and I, I think they're a great person. Tell them. Tell them what they mean to you. You know, begin to use your words, and it doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be an essay, but begin to tell them what you're thankful for, what they contribute to your life, or what you see in them, what God is doing. Begin to be grateful and watch as your life changes and their life changes. Amen? And, you know, that leads into, you, like, how have you all been doing with Pastor RJ's 40-day challenge? Right? Have you been sticking to it or have you been like, oh, I'll start tomorrow, I'll do it the next day? And you know, it's not too late. It's never too late to start. You know, um, I see Derek's Facebook post, so I know you're good, buddy, but um, 
for the rest. Um, uh, no, but this isn't a personal, this is a personal thing where you need to take the time, you need to invest. No one's gonna do it for you. It's up to you to be grateful. It's up to you to start with those words that you're saying, the thoughts that you're thinking, to grab a hold of them. You know, and Philippians 4, 8 says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. If I go around this room right now, what are people thinking? It might be scary if I went one by one and asked you, what are you thinking about? You're like, man, dinner was going to be great tonight. Leftovers, man, that turkey, I'm so excited. You know, whatever it is, and maybe you're thinking in this room and your mind is completely gone, but what are you thinking about right in this moment? So many times it's easy to get caught up in the distractions and things around you, but where is your focus? Are you thinking about hope? Are you thinking about the things of God and Jesus? You know, overflow in worship and not worry. Amen? Overflow and worship. You know, the two can't coexist together. When you worship God, you can't have worry in your brain. The science has proven it. So when you worship God, when you begin to give him and exalt his mighty name, you can't have worry in that moment. So overflow in worship, in love, in humility, in gratitude. You know, listen to songs that exalt God. Like examples are like, how great is our God? Champion, Jesus at the center, what a beautiful name. Great is thy faithfulness. Begin to sing songs that exalt your King and Savior. You know, it's easy to find songs that gratify yourself. This, this is a song I sing to myself because it makes me feel good. It says a song that when I feel sad, you know, it, gives, it fills me with something. But then two minutes later, I feel that same feeling again. Of where do I run to? Where do I go? Do I keep playing the song on repeat? Because some of you guys have kept playing the same song throughout this whole year and it's done nothing for you. That's bold. For those, I don't know who that is, but you kept doing the same thing and expecting a different result. You kept complaining about your neighbors and your friends and things aren't going well and you're like, what's happening? I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. I'm reading the word. I'm spending time. You're reading, but you don't know. You're not understanding. The word isn't taking root. Did you want to take that one since you're going off? Oh, I'll take that one. <laughs> Number four is reading and meditating on the word. This is something that will never go out of style. I think often we get, again, complacent just like prayer as believers, and we don't spend time in the word like we should. Maybe we think, oh, I only have five or ten minutes, so that's nothing, or... But it's something. God wants your time. He wants your attention. So make that time for him, whether it's first thing in the morning or it's in the evening before you go to bed. Romans 15, 4 says, Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. There's so many stories in the Bible like David defeating Goliath and Daniel in the lion's den, even Jesus' death and resurrection, that are stories that are meant to encourage us and give us hope. God is so faithful to his promise. And Joshua 1.8 says, I love the scripture, keep the book of the law and meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is in it. Then you will be prosperous and have great success. Anyone want to be prosperous and have great success? Amen. They just told you how to do it. He said, meditate on it day and night. That's good. There's so many things in God's word. And I used to think that, oh, I got my three chapters in today, so I'm good. But like <laughs> Pastor Mary always says, it's not about the, the quantity that you read, but the quality of the word. Maybe it's just one verse for the day. Ask Jesus to, 
to reveal it to you and to give you a new hope and a new revelation of that word so that it can stick out to you. We don't want to just read the word just to read it and say, hey, I read from Genesis to Revelations, but we actually want to meditate on it and learn things from it. And I think that version Bible app can be uh, kind of distracting sometimes because you can get that Bible streak and you're like, I'm doing good. My streak's high, Lord. I read it today. So God, I'm doing great. You know, my streak's real high. Don't ask me what I, I read. I read I it today. Read it. Yeah, don't, don't <laughs> ask me what I read about because I have no idea, but I read. That's right. And the last one is declaring the truth. How many of us actually declare the word? It's one thing we read it and we meditate on it, but do you know that it's important to declare it? Do you know that your words have power and when you speak them out into the atmosphere, they actually create substance? Yes, amen. I think that's something as Christians that we've often like, eh, whatever, someone might see me or hear me or that's weird, but it's something that never goes out of style. So I encourage you, if you don't declare the word over your life, then start to declare it. God has so much to say about you. Amen. Mitch and I both grew up and our mom used to make us say this um, confession every day before we went to school. And we'd be like, eh, we got to say it again, <laughs> whatever. And you take it for granted. But looking back, I'm like, man, like how many scriptures do I know because of it? How much better was my day going throughout it because I spoke the word over my situation and declared that I was going to have a great day, that we were going to be filled with hope and joy and peace and love no matter what that day brought. Mm. So looking back, it's, I'm so grateful that we were taught as children to declare the word of God. Find Bible verses that are related to your circumstances. There's so much, there's so much in there and God has a lot to say about them. Memorize them and declare them boldly. There's something powerful about speaking them out. We don't deny the existence of something, but we deny the influence that it has over you. It's good. So we're not saying, oh, hey, maybe COVID doesn't exist. We know it does, but it doesn't have power over you. Do you know that? Amen. So when you get a bad report at work, you can say Romans 8.28, God is working all things for my good. When finances aren't looking good, Philippians 4.19, my God will meet all my needs according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. When your children are not serving the Lord, Joshua 24, 15 says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When you begin to get filled with fear, 2 Timothy 1, 7, I have not been given a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. When you're feeling overwhelmed and stuck in addiction, Isaiah 43, 19, 19 says, God is doing a new thing. He's making a way and I'm breaking that curse over my family. When your doctor says you have six months to live, Psalm 118, verse 17, I will live and not die and declare the works of God. Amen. Amen. How can we not get excited when we're declaring the word? God's yeah. promises are so true and so faithful. So whether you got to write some sticky notes on your mirror so you see them every day or you have them in your car and you say them on the way to work, declare what the word says over your situations, whatever it is. That's good. Next, we want to make sure that we are over flowing with hope. We, overflowing hope is infectious, is it not? As we said before, it's yeah. not just for you, it's for the people around you. Yep. Paul and Silas, it wasn't just for them so that they would be encouraged, but they had an impression on the, the prison guards and everybody else in that place. I'm sure no one was downcast and still depressed and grumbling after seeing them worship because it's infectious. We want to be around the people that are filled with hope and filled with light. Amen. So are you willing to wish goodwill on other people? Are you willing to pray for them, even if you're waiting for your own manifestation? Mm. Uh, Todd White is somebody that me and Mitchell and I like to, to watch, and he has a healing ministry, and he talks about praying for people who have hurt knees and are experiencing pain, while at the same and watching them get healed while at the same time still waiting for his own manifestation, having horrible pain in his knees time and time again while he watches other people get healed. And I'm like, man, would I do that? Would I go out of my way to pray for somebody to get the same manifestation that I'm still waiting for? Mm. So just before we start to close, I just want to share one more story. We have, our grandma recently 
went to the hospital. She had an incident, and she was there. She's probably watching on live stream. Hi, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Grandma. <laughs> Grandma. She was in the hospital for about just over three weeks, and she, um, anyone know, anyone else spent prolonged time in the hospital? It's not necessarily somewhere that you want to be, and, and everyone has bad days, and she encountered uh, some doctors and nurses and people that just, eh, they weren't that, all that nice to her all the time, and so she decided early on, hey, I'm going to make the most of my time here. So she would get up early in the morning before even the doctors or nurses or anybody came in, and she would read her word, she would meditate on it, and she would declare it over her day and just get stirred up with hope so that by the time the first person came in, she was already ready to love on them and to pour on them because she realized it wasn't just about her. She didn't just need hope for herself too so that she would have a good day and a good attitude and not have a draggy day, but she knew that the people around her needed it too. That people needed hope around her. So when, I remember she saying when she left that all the nurses and the doctors just loved her. They knew something was different. They knew something was special about her. And because of her attitude, God opened doors for her to be able to pray for people and to love on them. And so that only encouraged her, but hearing that story encouraged me too. Like, man, like, am I praying over my day? Am I getting up early to meditate on the scriptures, to, to speak the promise of God over my day? Because I want to have a great day. And I know that the people around me want to have the hope that I have. So let's keep that in mind when we go about our day. Make sure that, that God is number one, that we're keeping our eyes focused on him because people around you need hope. We live in a, a lost and dying world. Hope is something that I've definitely been on the forefront of my mind this whole year. It's something that I've really been grateful for. All throughout COVID, you see just people that are lost and dying, like I said, and they need the hope that you have. And I'm so grateful. And I hope that you are too, that we have Jesus, that this is not the end. No matter what we face, God is faithful and he's going to bring us through it. Amen. That's good. You know, amen. So good. You know, I think we want to wrap up to you with this story, just alluding back to what Rachel was saying, you know, with Paul and Silas. If we look in Acts 16, you know, um, we go to verse 27 to 33. You see overflowing hope put on display. It's something where you look at their story, you look how it, it goes. In the beginning and the end is not what you expect. The whole story, like, just boggles my mind because it's not what you think would happen. And you know, right at the moment where they bust free of the chains, right, with just the God shakes the prison shells and the prison cells, shells. Um, and all of a sudden, right, they just like, they have this opportunity to run free, to get loose. They can run out of there. They can go just hide or do whatever they need to do, but they stay. And there's this jailer, right, who's just watching over them. And he's just like in fear because he wakes up and he's like, man, everyone's leaving. The prison doors are open and goes to kill himself. And Paul says, no, wait, wait, wait. We're all here. We haven't left. Overflowing hope doesn't leave uncomfortable situations. It doesn't leave dark places. It brings the light into them. Amen. And so that is an example put on display because not only did they get to, you know, get set free and everything and go walk away after, but they had an opportunity to witness to the jailer. Right? And it says, him and his household received the Lord. Is that not good news, church? Is that not what we want to do as a body of believers? That when we walk around, it's overflowing, it's infectious, that people are drawn in and we take those moments to wait on the Lord. You know, we used this acronym this summer for a summer camp, and it was WAIT. And, you know, WAIT can be a term that's used so loosely, and it's just like, wait for God, you know? Just sit there, and he'll drop something on you. But WAIT stood for watching attentively, investing in relationships, and trusting the process. While you wait, it's not something where you just sit there. It's not something you just say, God, I hope you move. You know, see, Paul and Silas, they were watching attentively. 
They were investing in relationships around them. They were singing the good news of Jesus. And so my question to you is, how are you living your life? What are you overflowing with? Are you overflowing with fear, with worry, with doubt? Can we all stand up, church? Can we all stand up together? You know, what are you overflowing with and where are you going to find hope? I have a, a song that I wanted to end with. Um, if Matt, if you can get that ready, um, it's called Gratitude by Brandon Lake. Um, and it's a song that I just really want to take this time if, you know, maybe you feel you can relate to the jailer. Maybe you feel like you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're like, man, I have no idea what's happening and I'm, I'm nervous and I'm scared. But Mitch, you're, you're saying something, but I want to know Jesus. Or maybe you feel like Paul and Silas right now, or you want to be like Paul and Silas. You want to step out. You want to be filled with overflowing hope because you're not there. I just want to take this time right now as we put on um, this song if you, uh, you know, were impacted today by the message and it hit your spirit, if there's something inside of you, if you want a personal relationship with Jesus, or you want to step out and walk in overflowing hope, I want you to come down to the front to take a bold move and bring your communion with you. Whatever it is, don't leave this year the same as when you left. Don't leave the same person. We can't as a church. Amen. We can't stay where we are. And so wherever you are, please come down to the front right now. Take that bold step of faith. If you're like, I want to overflow with hope, Mitch, I don't want to just be the norm, the standard. I encourage you to come down to the front. I encourage you to step out. The space is open. The time is now. The place is here. Don't waste this moment. Come on down to the front. If you're like, Jesus, that's it. I want more. I desire more. I want to go deeper. This is not how I want to stay. Jesus, you are so good. We love you this morning. We throw up our hands and we just praise you again and again and again because you are so good and you've been so faithful to us. God, it's the last service of the year. God, we purpose to go into our new year with an attitude of gratitude, keeping our eyes focused on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. God, we know that apart from you, there is no real hope. There is no real peace. There's no joy. There's no love, God. But we thank you that we can rest in you, that you are all those things and you fill us up because you are good. God, you, hope originated with you and we can have it because we believe in you, Jesus. Amen. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us in this year, despite everything that goes around us, despite dealing with COVID or losses or all these things, God, you've been faithful. God, you've been faithful and you will continue to be faithful as we head into 2022. So God, we head in with not only an attitude of gratitude, but an attitude of hope and faith and an expectation that you're gonna come and you're gonna move and you're gonna do whatever it is that you wanna do. And God, we wanna be carriers of that light. We want that when we walk into a workplace, when we walk into the grocery store, when we walk into family situations with unsaved loved ones, that we make a difference, that we don't leave that place the same way we walked in. Mm -hmm. God, if someone doesn't know that there's something different about us, where we are, then we're not doing something right. So God, would you help us to have boldness and passion and tenacity to go after the things of you? So we purpose to go into the new year as a church right now, thanking you for your goodness, thanking you for blessing us, and thanking you for the hope that you've given us, Jesus. There's nothing like it. Thank you for your body, Jesus, that was broken for us. Thank you for sending 
your son, God, and for having him die on the cross for us in Jesus' name. God, we just thank you for your blood that was spilled. God, we thank you that, Jesus, we can radiate with hope because you are the person of hope. God, we thank you that we lay down all our pride. We lay down all the things that were blocking us, Father God, from experiencing all of you in every single area of our life. God, you know every single detail. And I thank you that you care of every single person in the sound of my voice. God, I thank you that as we take this cup, we're reminded of, God, your sacrifice. We're reminded that, God, daily we need to get up and take up our cross, die to ourselves, and live for you and walk and not just, you know, survive, but to thrive. And God, I thank you as we take this cup, we remember the sacrifice that was made in the name of Jesus. God bless you all. Have a healthy, prosperous new year. And Let's get through this one. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Goodbye and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.